Good morning, my Patriot friends. Welcome to My Patriot Brain, the show that creates action potentials of patriotism. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Mather. Today is Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. I'm coming to you from behind the MPS Behavioral Science Analytics microphone. Thank you for downloading this episode. My Patriot Brain is recorded live and published twice a week, every Monday and Thursday morning. Today is Wednesday, though. Uh, I had to had a conflict, so doing a little bit early. Uh, it's published every Monday and Thursday morning on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcast. Show is available on Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. You can follow my Patriot Brain on Spotify and share the show with your friends, your loved ones, your family members, your enemies, and anyone else you can think of who needs inside my Patriot Brain. Go to my website, theconservativesocialpsychologist.com, for free content. It's a great hub. It links to all my Psychology Today articles, all of my academic articles, all of everything, really. All of the social media accounts, except for the locals one, which is new. Uh, at my website, you can find my book, Implicit Biases in the Unconscious, Liberal Biases, Racial Prejudice, and Politics, available exclusively at barnesandnoble.com. You can follow me on Locals, True Social, and Rumble. I am at PsychOK OK on True Social and Locals. Uh, I am the conservative social psychologist on Rumble. You can search my locals.com, or you can search locals.com for my Patriot Brain community, uh, and you can see posts that are related to the show and engage with each other. On True Social, I post articles that I talk about on the show. Uh, on Locals, I give you previews of the, um, of the podcast is coming up, uh, things like that. Uh, check out the link on my True Social account where I also post articles related to the show, as I've said. Uh, Major League Baseball news. Uh, again, the Rangers are world champions. Uh, college football news. AP top five rankings. Uh, Georgia is ranked number one. Michigan's ranked number two. Ohio State is ranked uh, number three. Florida State. Four, Washington five. Uh, this coming weekend, uh, West Virginia is at number 17, University of Oklahoma at 6 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Uh, OU is a 12 and a half point favorite. Texas Tech plays at number 19, Kansas, 11 a.m. Central Time on FS1. Kansas is a four point favorite. Uh, the New York Giants play at the Dallas Cowboys, 325 Central Time on Sunday. Dallas is a 15 and a half point favorite. Uh, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones was injured and is out for the season. I was listening to the Sports Animal this morning. It's a local sports talk radio here in Oklahoma City. And I've been thinking a lot lately about how I need to get rid of all the old free t-shirts I've acquired over the years from different sporting events that I never wear. And I just haven't pulled the trigger on that. And this morning they were having that discussion. Uh, and one of the guys said, and his son was talking about what he wanted to go with for Halloween as. His son said, you know, I could just get a bunch of, I could get some of dad's old t-shirts uh, from the, the free t-shirts that he got from games that are way too big for him. And I could just wear those and go as dad. And he said that was a wake up call to him that he needed to get rid of the t-shirts. So maybe I'll pull the trigger and get rid of some of them now. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, the, the role of RFK in this race. And I think it's going to be interesting because there's a, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance and reduction involved in that. And so for the never Trumpers that won't vote for Trump and then the Democrats who don't want to vote for Biden, uh, they might just resolve that dissonance by voting for RFK ignoring the fact that they will probably get the other person elected that they don't want. Um, anyway, something to think about, watch as we go forward. Uh, I was talking to the dentist the other day. He was talking about his trip to um, Phil Mickelson's golf course, uh, I guess out in Arizona, like at the Greyhawk, I think is what it is. Uh, and he said it was really cool. It was, it was crazy, though. He's got donkeys uh, that walk around on the property out there. And so he said, you're in this parking lot, and there's, there's Ferraris, and there's donkeys walking around. And I said, man... That tells you all you need to know about America, right? Donkeys walking around with Ferraris in a parking lot. Uh, and then when he left, the hygienist said to me, uh, she's like, I don't know that I'd want a donkey walking around my Ferrari. And I said, 
I don't know that I'll ever have a Ferrari, but I can probably afford the donkey before I can get the Ferrari. So the donkey is most likely to be mine. Uh, okay, so another thing I was thinking about the other day was that I'm still bothered by the fact that O.J. Simpson uh, got tried twice for the same crime. That is complete double jeopardy. I don't understand how you can say, uh, how you can just create a civil case out of thin air when somebody has had a jury trial and been acquitted. Now, again, I'm not saying he didn't do it. Uh, but it just it bothers it, it bothered me at the time the way that it felt like the legal system was weaponized for a social justice issue. Again, I'm not saying they got it right in the jury trial, but I'm saying that it felt like once justice had gone through, perceived justice, I guess, or the process had played out, then it was weaponized against him. And I think we're feeling the fallout of that years later, as um, you know, that seemed like a slippery slope at the time, and now we see, uh, you know, Donald Trump uh, and others, you know, January 6th people. Um, all sorts of things uh, conjured up out of the justice system. Uh, I was having a talk with my son the other day about agency and consciousness. Uh, and you know, agency is kind of how independent and autonomous you are as an entity, what you can do, and how much awareness is involved in that. And I said, it's kind of like language where the, the, the linguists will say that only, only humans have that, uh, and they don't look at the full continuum of it, uh, whether it's consciousness or agency or language or whatever. They'll, they'll draw the rules to where only humans have it, but they ignore the continuums. Um, but then you're left with, so you know, people have more agency than other people, right? Um, do people have more agency than dogs? Do dogs have more agency than worms, right? That's a, it's kind of a more philosophical question. When he started asking me this stuff, I said, you know, I've studied this for years. I study consciousness. I study these things. And you know what I think about philosophers? This is a philosophical question. So you're not going to like my answer. Uh just thinking in general about how liberals are oftentimes at my past university, I, I wrote a number of books and I donated all the royalties to, um, to the university. Uh, that was a very nice, kind thing of me to do. I started off, I wrote my first book. Uh, I donated all of that, that, uh, the royalties of that book to, uh, the local honor, psychology honor society chapter. And, you know, they would whine about it. So I, they'd get these quarterly checks and then they came to me and they're like, could you do something different? Because, it's kind of a pain for us to get these checks and go down to the bank and deposit them and all this. And so I'm like, well, that's super ungrateful. It's like, well, you know what? I can do something different. I can not give you the money, which is what I chose to do. Uh, you know, it's kind of this entitled mentality, right? And then later on, I wrote another book and I, I donated that to um, the, the, uh, the department, uh, psychology department. Again, very kind of me to do that. And then the, uh, the people that run the, what it's called, uh, the people who do the fundraising, uh, the professional fundraisers that the university has, came to me and they said, can, you, can we do something different? Like, can you maybe just have it direct deposited? Because it's kind of a pain when we get these big checks to have to put them in. And I was like, you know what? I can do something different. I won't give you the money. So I kept the money. And so I made royalties off of my book for a number of years because the people I tried to give it to as a donation um, were very ungrateful for the process. Anyway, that's kind of that entitled, ungrateful mentality that you catch a lot of times. Uh, when I go out, I put all this work in, and then I hand the money over to somebody to, for a good cause, and they don't like the way that they're getting the money. Anyway, more liberal self-hate things. I was thinking at a stoplight the other day. I'm sitting in my, as you know, I drive a 2009 Honda Pilot, sitting in a stoplight, and, and I see another one just like mine drive by. And I was like, hey, cool, it's another Honda Pilot. And I thought if I was a liberal, I would be like, boo, and I'd be screaming at this car I drove by because they... They so self-hate themselves. They, they hate themselves, right? They loathe themselves. They hate America. They boo America. They boo themselves. They call themselves racist and boo themselves. They hate, they hate everything about everything, uh, starting with themselves. 
And so I thought, you know, that's kind of interesting, right? So somebody else driving by, um, I think a liberal would say, I hate my car. I hate that I drive this car and I'm booing that other crappy car, right? Instead, I'm like, I'm grateful for this car. I paid, I paid off this car. I, have, I own this car outright. It's a really good car. It's lasted me for a long time. And hey, there's another person that's doing the same thing. And they're, uh, you know, whatever reason, they're driving a car that works. Good for them. Uh, anyway, thought those couple things would fit with what I think of liberal psychology. Uh, I posted a number of articles on True Social that you might be interested in. Uh, one of them is uh, in Bipartisan Vote, How Censure is Rashida Tlaib by Rebecca Downs, November 7th, 2023 in Town Hall. Uh, basically, it outlines you know, all the stuff that Rashida Tlaib said uh, that got her in trouble and then how um, she got officially censored last night, late last night, by the House. Um, the House, um, there were some Republicans that went against the censure and some Democrats that went for the censure. Uh, and she, of course, wore it as a badge of, of victimhood, like she does everything else. Um, so, but kudos to them for censoring her, censorship, uh, even impeachments. This stuff has been used incorrectly for so long, it doesn't really matter. Um, that goes from the, the national federal level to the, the state level. It doesn't really matter. Nobody cares about censors and censorship anymore um, when it comes to legislators. You can get censored, and it's a badge of honor, just like the rest of us who get banned by Facebook and blocked on Twitter and everything else. Uh, we, we turn it into a badge of honor when we're unjustly um, sanctioned for something. I'm not saying she was unjustly sanctioned. I'm saying that takes away uh, when you actually need to censor somebody like they needed to do last night. It's not going to draw a whole lot of headlines. Nobody, nobody cares because the teeth have been taken out of, um, out of that process. Uh, another article I posted on True Social by Kurt Schlichter, November 6, 2023, in Town Hall, a salute to Senator Tommy Tuberville. Uh, Colonel Schlichter um, noted that you know, the process that Tuberville holds up and makes a little bit more challenging to get military promotions uh, is one that he benefited from when he was promoted to colonel along with 1,500 people in the, name, in the, in the names that his, his went through. Um, but Schlichter makes the argument that there should be more oversight as we're getting a much more woke military leadership there should be more oversight into this process and that despite the fact that they're making it sound like Tommy Tuberville is doing something wrong, he's actually above all of this in the chain of command. So for people who um, believe in the chain of command, that this is something that they should be paying attention to rather than ignoring federal law and funding abortions. So he, he had a long overdue uh, salute to Senator Tommy Tuberville, which I've been supporting Senator Tuberville this entire time. He's, he's been holding the line on this. Another article I posted on my True Social by Mia Cathell, November 6, 2023. Uh, authorities are looking into alleged leak of Nashville Shooters Manifesto. Uh, Steven Crowder obtained this, another leaker. I'm not comfortable with people leaking stuff, but if, if one side's going to leak stuff, I guess both sides ought to leak stuff. Um, but it looks like the manifesto is very anti-white, which is probably one of the reasons why the police department and everybody else has been uh, suppressing that information from everybody. Um, they've got, they get really quiet whenever shooters don't fit the narrative that they want. Uh, and that's so disappointing to politicize events like this. Um, just let them get the information that can get out there, out there and move on. Speaking of woke, uh, the uh, Chris Queen, uh, November 6, 2023, PJ Media posted on my true social. Uh, he, he wrote an article about uh, Marvel. And so said the article's title is Marvel learning the lessons of go woke, go broke. And so it's, um, pointing out the lack of success on the television series that Mar Marvel has been putting out there, but the movies have been very successful. And so apparently Marvel is going to shift away from their 
uh, hiring policy, and it looks like they're going to um, stop making diversity hires and hire based on experience. And that sounds crazy, right? Because you know the way that diversity hires were originally trotted out there was that it was supposed to be something where experiences were equal, and then you make a diversity hire, but not just hiring for diversity. So anyway, they've hired. Um, that's their hiring policies have been diversity, not experience, and so they've ended up with a lot of inexperienced. Uh, an eclectic mix of writers who are not able to put together something that's appealing to people. And so they're going to go for experience now as they move forward uh, in their hiring. Uh, be interesting to see how that plays out. Another article I posted on my true social by Brooke Singman and Maria Peronich, November 6, 2023 in Fox news, Trump judge in um, trade jabs during president's testimony and civil trial stemming from New York attorney general lawsuit. Uh, it outlines what appears to be the way it's kind of phrased, kind of a combative um, nature between the, the attorneys and President Trump and the judge who said, I don't have to, I don't want to hear anything that he has to say and all that. But it's as somebody who professionally, I've been on the stand many times um, for depositions, testimony, things like that. Uh, and it didn't sound a whole lot different than the back and forth that occurs when any expert or any witness is testifying. Um, so it didn't sound all that sinister or um, problematic to me. The problem is that judge shouldn't be doing, the judge shouldn't be on this case. Uh, the uh, attorney general shouldn't be on this case and the case shouldn't exist. That's the problem. Another article posted on true, I posted on my true social latest New York times poll is causing Democrats to panic by guy Benson, November 6, 2023 in town hall. Uh, Trump is ahead of Biden in five of six swing States. According to the New York times poll, He's ahead in Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, and he is not ahead in Wisconsin. So that's where things stand right now. Uh, okay, so today's topic, uh, Harvard Business Review article, Research Can a More Detailed LinkedIn Profile Boost Your Salary? By Bor Boris Groisberg and Eric Lynn, October 31st, 2023. Again, like I said, posted in Harvard Business Review. Uh, they did a study and analyzed 1,741 executives who changed jobs between 2004 and 2011. And this is interesting because this is this was as LinkedIn was building and starting to scale up. And you know, really, I don't think LinkedIn really truly took off until 2012, 2013, 2014, um, and beyond that. So it's interesting. This was kind of in what I would consider to be still the early stages of LinkedIn that they're looking at things. Uh, but they looked at what's called people's digital professional presence, which was the amount of content that they displayed on their LinkedIn profile, on their personal LinkedIn profile. And so they found that people that had a more enhanced dig digital professional presence um, made more money. There was a positive link to compensation. And so, for example, five, there was a 5.2% higher pay uh, for people who had five years of professional experience um, that had a, a, a stronger uh, digital professional presence. And after 15 years, that ended up 15 years of experience, that became a 1.9% pay bump. So people who had a stronger digital professional presence um, made more money. Um, they made 5.2% more after five years of professional experiences, and they made 1.9% more pay after 15 years of, of professional experience. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, it's it's also, they, they controlled for the fact that uh, experience could lead you to have more to put on your profile. So that was my first question. They, they controlled for that. And they also looked at, you know, you know, for junior executives specifically, people who are earlier in their, early in their career, People with a stronger digital professional presence made 8.8% more money, uh, and 8.8% more money when they were female, and 3.1% more money when they were male. So 
there was a both genders, if you believe in gender, right? Um, both genders and both sexes made more money if they had a stronger digital professional professional presence. Um, but that was far more so for women than for men. And one of the things they pointed out is they said, um, you know, there's a, a gender pay discrepancy, and that pay discrepancy starts to diminish if women are using their their LinkedIn profiles more, essentially. So uh, the more that you can put on your profile, the more money you're going to make. And that, that um, is more so for women who may be more overlooked in the workplace. And so getting their information out there better um, can lead to that. Uh, regardless, what you see is you see no drawbacks to having a stronger digital professional presence, whether you're a man or, or a woman or you know whatever. Uh, you see a stronger presence. A stronger presence helps you make more money. So for race, um, non-whites earn 26.8% less than whites overall. Um, digital professional presence had a big impact, though. Um, one standard deviation um, above when it comes to digital professional presence, so having a stronger digital professional presence, accounted for a 7.9% increase in pay for non-white executives. So then, right there again, um, you see that that race gap that you saw begins to even out with self-promotion on a professional platform. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit more about that in the um, closing thoughts. Uh, to the Patriot Brain Line, Chris from South Oklahoma City says, and he gives me, this is, this is a lot here, and it's a really good thought, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. As a follow-up to a season one podcast discussion, Jonathan Haidt recently discussed results that showed over half of young liberal women age 18 to 29 have been clinically diagnosed with mental illness. American Research Center reports that young women 18 to 29 are now, on average, liberal, nearing the 50% threshold. The trend, however, is that they will get increasingly liberal, as four years ago, they were only 35%. In 1998, young men and young women did not differ in liberal ideology, being roughly 27%. Young men are now much more different, fluctuating around 25% and slightly trending downward. This bifurcation appears dramatically around the year 2014. This bifurcation between young men and young women is exceptional in its effects. Soon women will be two times as likely to be liberal as men. What are your thoughts as to why? Well, that interesting statistics, they do follow with one of the studies we discussed uh, in season one. And so part, I think part of it is moral foundations. And so we know that conservatives are, are more in tune to all of the moral foundations and, and liberals are in tune with two of them one of which has to do with social justice messaging. So it, it's, it's more emotional-based in their decision-making. And so the DNC has been really good at emotion-based social justice messaging, and that resonates with a lot of women. It's going to resonate with women more than men. So what they've done is they've whipped up and created a mob of angry women, uh, and, you're, and you're seeing that. Um, and and it's, a lot of times it's abstract. It can be here in isolation. If you don't look at the context and you don't look at all this stuff, here's a social justice issue. Right, like women's rights, women's rights for, um, you know, to have autonomy over their body, and that sounds like in the abstract. If you're not, if you don't know that they're talking about killing babies, in the abstract, that sounds like, well, who wouldn't want somebody to have, you know, autonomy and control uh, and rights of their own body, right? And so they frame it that way, and they make it an emotional issue, uh, and so there's a lot. They do that with all sorts of things. They do that with with, uh, you know. Palestine. They do that with Palestine, right? Ignore the context. It's wrong to kill people. So we shouldn't be killing people. Okay, yes, but what about when people kill you, your people first and they want to continue to kill your people, right? There's more context to it. 
but they try to boil it down into a very simple emotional social justice issue that anybody would, why would anybody disagree with that, right? Well, I can frame abortion, right? Why would anybody want to kill a baby, right? And that is very simple, but that, then they, they don't even want to have that discussion. They, they flip it around. So anyway, it's, it's emotional social justice messaging, I think, is why you have this mob of angry women that make up the DNC. Uh, something to make you feel better about, Chris from South Oklahoma City, in 1998, young men and women did not differ in liberal ideology. Well, that's when I graduated college. So, uh, you know, life was good for me in 1998. I don't know if that makes you feel better, Chris, or not. Uh, it makes me feel better that I, I was really lucky to be alive when I was alive. Um, but, okay, so in all seriousness, uh, historically, all, all the data over the past 100 years, ignoring anything that may have emerged in the past 10 years, uh, has always shown that historically people become more politically conservative as they get older. And that's not just something that conservatives say. There is research that has consistently supported that for you know 80 to 100 years. Uh, and so we would expect to see, uh, we expect to see some of that start playing out, uh, assuming that this is a temporary um, liberal craziness. Uh, you know, we, we saw after the you know, Woodstock and all that stuff, we, we saw, and the, the hippies, I guess you could say, we saw a backlash, right? And, and Republicans, and we saw the Reagan Republicans that were Democrats and shifted, and that's how we got the neocons. Uh, so anyway, well, it, it's, it ebbs and flows, and, and we'll see it cycle back around uh, if we don't all kill each other uh, in the process. Metaphorically speaking, please don't uh, block my podcast to all my platforms for me having said that. Okay, uh, next Patriot Brainline question uh, or comment. Question, I guess. It's really Chris from Washington State. Uh, he really gave a long, nuanced question that was essentially, you know, what motivates trolls to pick fights online? And so that goes back to the, the social psych research on de-individuation and anonymity. Uh, and so, you know, large groups create de-individuation by first making people feel less anonymous and less accountable for their actions. Uh, you can see this in research by, you know, Zimbardo, where they put masks over people. And I think it was that people who they had an opportunity to shock somebody, and if they were not masked, they didn't shock them as much. And if they were masked, they shocked them. Uh, and then if they had a clan mask on, which creates now a social role and an expectation to go with it, they shocked them even more. And so it was the de-individuation that played a role there in, in what they were willing to do. Uh, and then other studies that back in the 70s when they were examining this uh, looked at, and this is perfect for Halloween, right? They did trick-or-treating, and they just set a bowl out there back when this was novel. And they would set a bowl out there and see how many pieces of candy people took, um, which is fascinating, right? Like I've got my ring door cam. I do the same thing and I watch and I pay attention and I'm like, this is, this is so awesome as a social psychologist. But they did this uh, back in the 70s, trick-or-treat candy. And then they found that the people who um, had masks on, I think, took more candy than the ones that didn't have masks. And if, if, if somebody was to call out their name, uh, then they took less candy. So they were individualized again, right? Individuated. Um, so anyway, so that's part of it. Online, you can have not your real name. Um, another part of it is, is so the second thing that causes large groups to create de-individuation based on research is uh, loss of self-consciousness. So your attention is diverted away from yourself. So you're paying less attention to who you are right, right now in the moment. You're paying attention to what the mob's doing or what everybody else is doing. So you see all of this stuff play out online. The other part of that is... Um, you know, online, and we talk about the keyboard warriors and things like that. Um, you know, it's not face to face. There's not the threat of physical violence or that type of accountability, right? I mean, if you're in the bar talking to somebody and having a discussion, 
uh, there's a little bit different uh, set of consequences that can come from a disagreement. Uh, and it's the same thing online. I remember I shut down an online thing. It was a, it was an HOA deal. Uh, and anyway, people were ganging up on me and mad at me. It wasn't polit- politics. It was about uh, the postal service. But anyway, uh, no need to get into that. But the, it kind of got, it finally ended when I said, um, look, I'm done talking about this online. Like if you want to come chat with me about it in my front yard, let me, I'll let you know when I'll be there. And there was nothing, right? No more. It was crickets after that. Uh, and it was like, okay. I don't know if I shed some perspective on it or what, but it's like, I'm just, I'm done talking about this. This is ridiculous. And there's not that type of accountability to, from the humans to the other humans anymore. And I'm not advocating violence. I'm merely explaining why somebody behind a, you know, an anonymous name online will oftentimes engage in the fights that they engage in. And because there's not that accountability to their reputation and there's not an accountability to them physically in the moment. Again, I'm not saying that that's, I'm not saying physical violence is the answer to anything. Um, I'm just merely saying why people act the way they do online. Okay, Patriot Brainline. You can voice message me through Spotify for podcasters. You can engage with the show through True Social and Locals, or you can email me at the email address listed on my website, theconservativesocialpsychologist.com, or apparently you can meet me in my front yard if you have enough to say. I don't, I don't know how that works. Uh, independent podcasts thrive with private investments that offset the time and financial costs of equipment, software writing, producing, editing, and on-air talent. Please consider supporting My Patriot Brain with a small monthly donation. You can use the support button on the Spotify for Podcasters page or the support this podcast URL in the show description on your other listing platforms. Thank you for listening. We're strong together. Please don't be violent. Okay, closing thoughts. Uh, So the message of the LinkedIn study is clear. Get your name out there. Have a professional LinkedIn profile and keep it updated. That is crucial to a job search and to your marketability as a professional. It's a portable social network of professionals that, that you keep whenever your job changes. Learn how to use it to your advantage. Till I catch you next time, play hard and have fun. Listen to My Patriot Brain on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. Follow me on True Social, Locals, and Rumble. Check out my other content at theconservativesocialpsychologist.com. Engage with me on Locals. Engage with me on True Social. And uh, I will catch you on Monday's podcast. Have a great weekend.